0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This
1: is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network.
2: Expand your wonder. Hello, this is Nick Briggs, the voice of the Daleks, and you're listening to Transmissions from Gallifrey, and I urge you to listen,
0: or you will be exterminated! I say, Gallifrey What about the places you're doing in here?
3: Are you redecorated? I don't like it. Couldn't I just manage with K9? K9 is a mere machine. He's a very sensitive
0: machine. I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet
3: Gallifrey, the constellation
1: of Casterboros. I'm the Doctor. These are my new best friends, Ryan, Graham, and Yaz.
3: EXTERMINATE!
1: Hello, folks. My name is JC De La Torre.
3: And I'm Rita De La Torre.
1: And with us is Dr. Scott Begay. Hello, everyone. And we are Transmissions from Gallifrey. And this week's episode, we are going to discuss episode two of series 11. It is called The Ghost Monument. And woohoo, it was a good episode of Doctor Who, wasn't it?
3: Uh, It was amazing. Uh, It was actually so much different than the last week's episode because last week's episode seemed a bit dark in nature. But this one? Man, was it bright. Yep. (laughs) Three suns bright. Yep. Three suns bright,
1: exactly. It it was fun. It was the Cannonball Run. (laughs) Yes, the Cannonball Run, Doctor Who style. (laughs) But before we get into the new episode, I just wanted to take a flashback to last week's episode. Uh, We've all watched it back again, and I wanted to get one more uh, thought on The Woman Who Fell to Earth, which was episode one. Uh, Scott, after you watched it back, uh, did any of your opinions change on the episode?
2: Uh, no. Uh, overall, no. I, I really, really enjoyed not having the interruptions. I think that really enhanced my enjoyment of it. Um, but watching it all the way through without the interruptions, I did catch one thing um, that I, I, I noted was at the very end there where they defeat the big bad. Um, and then the, the guy who has been terrorized this entire time, who was the, the Mark, Ah, uh, the damsel in distress, he um he defeats uh, you know as the the creatures being defeated, he knocks the creature over the edge. and the, the doctor doesn't like that a whole lot and actually said he didn't have the right to do that, which which I thought was kind of odd. It's kind of self-defense. yeah, um, you know, but it's kind of consistent because it's sort of, you know, Calliope uh, actually reminded me it's consistent with the doctor because of uh, if you go back to one of the, the uh, christmas specials where the um the prime minister is defending earth from the terror and you know the doctor had solved the problem but they go ahead and use the big gun anyway um and you know the doctor then turns around and defeats harriet jones in two seconds uh you know for doing it yep. so it's don't you, it's don't you think she looks tired <laughs> yes exactly so it's consistent but I, I sat there going oh come on that's a little harsh yeah. i mean he, he's been spending the entire episode going i matter I, you know, I'm important. And, you know, it takes uh, one second to push the thing away that was going to turn him into a, a living coma. Right. I, I don't know. I, I thought that was a little harsh. But, you know, it's uh, early days with this doctor regeneration and all. Uh, so as, as a as a character point. I thought that that was interesting and i believe you know clipe is right it is consistent
0: yep
1: and uh obviously this is a good opportunity for you to plug your other doctor who podcast
2: the articles of shadow proclamation so go ahead and do that oh sure <laughs> well along with the regeneration of the doctor uh articles of the Shadow proclamation has come back from the dead uh we took a, a long break during the uh, uh part way through the capaldi era uh, and, uh, it was, uh, the Arbor Day episode that kind of did it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, but with this new doctor and all the excitement over these episodes, uh, my friend Calliope, who's also part of Dr. Geek's laboratory along with Rita and Jason, uh, uh, she wanted to bring that show back. So we are doing more in-depth discussion between the two of us, uh, as well.
1: Fantastic. And of course, uh, Calliope is always welcome to join us on transmissions from Gallifrey. So hopefully we'll be able to arrange that at some point.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: So Rita, uh, has any of your thoughts changed from uh, The Woman Who Fell the Earth?
3: Um, I would say yes. Uh, at, originally, I thought that The Doctor seemed kind of bland uh, during that first watch. But watching it the second time and again, watching it without those constant commercial interruptions... Uh, I've changed my mind about that. She's not bland. She had some good lines and it was uh, n- not necessarily fast paced, but it was always uh, moving along. Yep. Um, so yeah, I found the second watching a whole lot more enjoyable. I think partly because of those interruptions not being there.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's the one thing that I really enjoy about the BBC feed versus the uh, BBC America version where you don't have those odd uh commercial breaks where it just kind of breaks the flow of the episode because uh let's face it doctor who was never meant to have commercials in between it um so when you have those odd breaks in the action it kind of disrupts the flow of the episode especially if it's uh, designed to not have those breaks so watching it the second time i definitely felt the flow of the episode was much much better and it it was much more enjoyable. So
3: it it flowed as it was meant to be. Yeah. I mean, American television is designed to have commercial breaks.
1: Yeah. They have those, those written in spots where you're supposed to take a commercial. Well, Dr. Who doesn't really have that. It just kind of flows right into the next scene. And when you have those commercial breaks, kind of just inserted in there, it breaks up
2: the story. It really does. So and and
3: makes it more confusing and it's really distracting as well. Yeah.
2: The breaks are bad, but also the return to the episode is bad. Because it just sort of happens mid-sentence.
1: Yeah, a lot of times you don't even realize the episode's back. You're still thinking that you're watching like a commercial or a trailer for a movie or something.
3: Well, n- right. n- not to mention they had those little episode teasers of the current episode you were just watching. And, and we're like, oh, okay, the show's back. But this doesn't make sense. Oh, wait, it's a teaser. Yeah. Great. Now that just or broke so- up the flow even more.
1: Yeah, exactly. So so definitely enjoyed it the second time around a lot more than I did the first time around. And it it was enjoyable. So... Let's go ahead and get to the Ghost Monument, and it was a very, very interesting episode in that the Doctor still was without her TARDIS, and she still had to use kind of her ingenuity to be able to solve the problems of what was going on in that that crazy planet.
2: Yeah, and they even got around the whole vocabulary problem, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. The,
1: I mean, med- was also, it the medical
3: pods Yeah. yeah, yeah the the pods
1: medical insert, pods. inserted the universal translator. <laughs> it's
3: like, oh, so how are we understanding this? And and, and and I think at some point, whoever was writing that episode was probably like, oh, crap, the TARDIS isn't here yet. Yes. Right. Uh, let's make up these medical pods uh, in, inserted, inserted into in the their air. neck things in order to translate everything. Oh, and, oh, and, and oh, by yeah. the way,
1: uh, let me just say this real quick, Scott. For those of you that are listening to us for the first time, we do talk spoilers in this show. So if you have not seen the episode yet, you don't want to listen to this show until you have seen this episode because we will be very specific about what's going on. We're gonna give you a spoiler warning with our, our friend River.
0: Spoilers.
1: And there it is. And so definitely if you haven't watched this episode yet, you're going to get spoiled if you listen to this show. So uh, go watch the episode, come back, listen to us. All right, sorry about that. Uh, what were you gonna say, Scott?
2: Oh, welcome back, by the way. I, I was going to say, I loved Graham's uh, comic. Can someone stop putting stuff into my body without my consent? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I also liked it because it made you think, oh, no, they may be without the TARDIS for quite a while. Uh, because now that everybody has their own uh, universal translator, they could have done several episodes without the TARDIS. And, and I thought, well, that's a, you know, th- that's a sign that that's maybe what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. What did you think of, not necessarily the the adversaries, but the two racers? The female, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't really remember their names, uh, but uh, maybe you do, Scott. The two racers, one, the Albanian, and I don't remember where the other guy was from with the cigar, but uh, they were two very interesting characters. The, the one guy's story about his mom, you know, letting him fall from a tree was kind of
2: dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it,
3: well, the, the guy... Kind of reminded me of a Han Solo type character. He's in it for the glory.
0: Yeah.
1: And, 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 and for in it for the himself. prize money. And He's
3: it. completely in it for himself. Yep. While the female though, she was in it to be able to have that opportunity to rescue her family, to protect her family. Uh, because apparently her planet is currently in in the middle of being cleansed and when yep. we know what that means. Yes.
1: Yeah, there were some uh, political undertones in that particular statement, right? Right. Um, Scott, what, what did you think of the two uh, racers?
2: Well, I thought it was pretty cool because what was nice was that neither one of them was from Earth. Or, you know, and I didn't know, uh, you know, uh, anything about humans or anything like that, so that was kind of cool. And I thought that, that what we learned about uh, both cultures was kind of neat. It, w- it gave them some depth. Um, it also, you know, the, the, like you said, the Han Solo character, the more, uh, you know, the one that had have been told you can't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I thought was interesting was the doctor thought that maybe one good encounter could overcome an entire lifetime of that behavior. Right. Uh, uh, unlikely, you know, yeah. exactly. but it was yeah, highly unlikely. But uh, but it was it, 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 the way they, they told the story and they had a the moment to actually go into a little bit more detail and you kind of figure out what's going on. Uh, I thought that was good because it uh, it made you care about them. Because otherwise they would just be kind of an annoyance, I think. But I, I, it worked, I thought. And it also tied into the first episode of the season. So I thought, oh, we've got a little bit of a story arc going on here.
1: Yeah, and that was the interesting thing. Because Chibnall had said that he's not really going to do story arcs.
0: Spoilers.
1: But this uh... is the second time that we've seen this the particular villain from the first episode with Tim Shaw... Uh, mentioned in this episode, this I believe the the, the enemy is called the stanza. Or
2: yes. Like that? Yep. Yeah. So so what do we learn? Chris lies. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. he's
1: he's following the Moffat way of doing things, where Moffat lies and Chris lies, and everybody, uh, any showrunner for Doctor Who, apparently you can never believe what damn word they say.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, especially since uh, last week he had a whole big article uh, teasing that we may never see the TARDIS this whole season. Um, and you know, and all that stuff, and and so clearly, you know, it, there's going to be misdirect. But I mean, with such a a direct connection to the enemy from the previous episode, and even the characters pointed out, I mean, how you you, you know, it, this arc may disappear tomorrow, but that's two episodes right in a row. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, and of course we know that 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 uh, there's going to be new villains this year, but the interesting thing is that. Uh, we didn't know that this vi- this particular villain was going to be something that was going to spread over several episodes.
3: Right.
2: Right.
1: What did you think of, of the stanza mentioned?
3: Um, it felt out of place. I, I mean, I felt like they literally just went to some random planet and now the stanza's being uh, uh mentioned again? It, it just felt odd. I mean, it, it's not like, for example... Um, The Journey Ends episode where over two seasons, they keep talking about certain planets or moons disappearing, right? And then all of a sudden the Daleks show up and, you know, they're using all of these disappeared planets and moons that they've collected to create this big giant engine. These are small mentions that were made over two seasons. Um, But it made sense. Yeah. This didn't make sense and it just felt out of place that they're literally in just some random place and they're mentioning this villain again. Well,
1: I really think that they're setting... The stanza to be the big bad for the year. I agree. You know, yeah. I think that's basically what they're doing, and we didn't know that at the time when we first met the stanza. The I mean, we just thought he was a one-off, you know, teeth face monster. <laughs> but, but apparently, this is which is creepy. Uh, this is going to be an ongoing thing for the entire season. Uh, obviously, the planet. Uh, of uh, the planet of desolation Desolation. was an interesting death planet I guess
3: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) well it's like the doctor was saying when she was translating everything so you have a whole bunch of scientists that were forced to that planet against their will to experiment and create uh, weapons of mass destruction which essentially destroyed the entire planet yeah well done (laughs) right
1: eating bacteria to the water. You know, there was these weird cloth things that apparently were sentient and able to get into your mind. Then
2: there was the sniper bots. Yeah. Oh, I love the sniper bots. I, I loved how Ryan thought that he could treat it like some sort of video game. Yeah, he,
3: was, yeah. he, he, said, he said, I trained for
2: this with Call of Duty and he's going around shooting all the do, sniper do, bots. Do do do. Uh, and then
3: all of a sudden they come back to life yeah. and he's like, "Oh, crap."
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, and, and the doctor takes the um the recurring stance of no guns, but it's a little hypocritical because it just replaces a gun with a bomb. Right. Uh, but uh, never mind, I guess it's semantics. Well it wasn't really um, a bomb, <laughs> it was, it was uh, electro- an a electromagnetic e- pulse. pulse. Yeah,
3: an elect- yeah, yeah, right. And Knowing full well that the robots were going to uh, reboot pull- in a few minutes. Yeah. Right.
2: So what's really the difference between shooting a, uh, a robot with a gun that's going to knock them down for 5 seconds, or an EMP pulse that's going to knock them down for 30 minutes? I
1: mean, you get it's, thirty minutes
2: out of it. Bro, that's yeah, <laughs> but that's I, my but I, point. I, I get the philosophical question, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, honestly, not, you know, she's not using a gun. That's the
3: difference. I, I think the whole point is, is that she just doesn't like guns, regardless if, in th- it, just because they were not effective in this situation. Yeah, it because of- change her stance about not liking guns. And, and
1: philosophically, I mean, Scott's right. Where there's not really much difference between what she did and what he did.
2: Is just, you know, he's. Right. Not- it, 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 the casing is not in the shape of a gun. Right. That's the only difference. Yeah, exactly. and, and if that really matters that much, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There
1: was some very cool uh, throwbacks. The Venetian Aikido line. Oh,
2: yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep, and then, of course, every doctor seems to have a problem with guns and, and you know, that kind right. of thing, and always wanting to outthink their opponent. That's basically yep. the doctor's MO. So Right, exactly. So it definitely wasn't surprising that, that, he, that she wanted to do that. Right. In regards to the companions themselves uh, how do you think they're coming along because i of course i love graham i think graham's great uh i he's almost the comic relief but at the same time he's also the the calming influence yes i'm not sure
2: what value ryan brings at this point oh he's the one that's going to twist his ankle like right at the beginning of the episode yeah you know, and three, two, one, who's gonna trip? Yeah. It's gonna be the guy with the mobility uh, disability, right? Yeah. And Yaz, I
1: I think uh, she's like the positive kind of backbone of the group where, you know, when everybody else is feeling down, she's like,
3: no, we can pull this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something else I noticed with this episode with the three of them, as soon as they arrived to an alien planet, Graham and Yaz were like, oh my God, we're on an alien planet while Ryan was just, continuously mopey throughout the entire well, episode his,
1: his nan just
2: died so yeah
3: and that was graham's wife yeah but they're still on an alien planet you think that would phase a person
2: well i think maybe it did i think it was like a uh overload maybe a little bit yeah, like, uh, like it's, it's just a bit too much at this point yeah the whole thing is just too much i i you know i i thought that graham had a better episode this episode because they kind of gave him a little bit more to do yeah. and i i and I liked the fact that uh, you know he and Ryan were going to try to figure out how the engine worked, and that Ryan figured out it was a battery. Um, I think Yaz didn't get much to do this episode, um, and I think that's you know that's that happens when you have a large TARDIS crew. It's yeah. going to be kind of a rotating who gets the most dialogue this this week. Absolutely, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, she was kind of the cheerleader role in this one where. Right, picking everybody up, so that that was kind of her role for this particular episode.
3: No, it's like Scott said. I'm sure in the future there's going to be an episode where you know Yaz is going to be the primary of the three.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I okay. So I have a question. Sure. All right. So the doctor's pockets were empty when she regenerated, right? No, no, sl- no psychic paper, uh, no TARDIS key, empty pockets, no money, no nothing. I know exactly and then,
0: where you're going with this.
1: Yeah, so, yeah,
2: yeah. Go ahead. Go. Goes ahead and buys uh, clothes from a human shop, right? And then we see them, uh, you know, zap into the into space, um, and it doesn't have access to any of her gear. How does she have sunglasses from a historical person in in, in the pocket? Right. I mean, you, you know, uh, I mean, had this episode taken place, uh, you know, after this episode when they, uh, you know, we, where we could figure out where that came from. It would make sense, but it's almost like you know, it's that uh, it's the um, the standing joke that the Doctor has a thousand things in in her pockets, right? Right. And, and so but it was something is, like this is a human coat, though it's not like right a,
1: a, a coat that has time or technology uh, put and, into it.
2: And even if the Doctor, you know, took some time that we didn't see between pick, buying the coat and going to the uh, the uh, the point to be zapped up into space, you know That's that for. Yeah, in that four and a half seconds that we didn't see, um, even if the doctor had, you know, done something to plus the coat, you know, done something, technology to make the pockets bigger on the inside, there was nothing to put them in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, OK, that's that was a really cute joke. Uh, joke and of course, he's walking around. Uh, with lady sunglasses, all episode, but it works, and you know it's a fun, it's a funny joke, and it, it's totally consistent with the Doctor's past behavior, but it doesn't make any sense because where the heck did it come from? Yeah, exactly. That
3: that is true. Um, as far as the money and the coat thing, though, my understanding at the end of the last episode was Yaz and Ryan probably. Uh, purchased oh yeah. Clothing. Yeah, yeah,
2: okay. yeah. That yeah
3: that no, no, that's question. my point.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah. No,
2: that was. I understand where the clothes came from, but. They didn't have a a historic individual sunglasses that were loaned to the doctor.
1: Yeah, yeah I remember she said like it was from like Audrey Hepburn or somebody. I don't remember who. Right, called. right, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's sunglasses, and it's like, where did you get that? Because <laughs> you don't have access to yeah, your and Tardis. you supposedly
3: didn't have anything in your pockets in the last episode. So... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think Oops, that's just continu- going to be continuity error. Yeah, that's com- that's totally a continuity error yeah. that you know, you was know- not meant to get into that episode.
2: No, no, no. And, and you can't say, oh, they were filmed out of sequence because of how this episode ends. It's rather specific. Right. Yes. Uh, so.
1: Yeah, and, and Chibnall had planned this one to be the second episode. So it's, hmm. Yeah, oops. <laughs> yeah, oops
0: indeed, exactly.
1: <laughs> so what did you think of her solutions uh, to all the different challenges that, that they faced on the, the Desolation planet? spoilers.
2: Oh, I thought they were good. I I, I thought that they were totally uh, in character with being the Doctor, and I thought that they were uh, what what I liked is you could see that that this Doctor is struggling still with not quite being uh, ready to be the Doctor. I mean, in in a sense, because because, there's, because it, um, she says something that was kind of really cool. She says, don't worry, I'm usually really good at a pinch. Well, historically I am. I'm assuming I am still. Right. And I thought that it was cool because, you know, it's still early days. Things are still working out. And quite literally, the doctor hasn't had two seconds to, to rest, right? So, you know, she's still trying to catch her breath. And uh, so anyway, I think that given that and given that she's only got the, the sonic screwdriver and, and – And everything, and that was what was interesting, was that you know she was constantly trying to get more information. Tell me a little, just you know, give me anything to work with, you know, and then I can make this work. But if you get complete memory or a complete information uh, desert, uh, there's nothing to work with, right?
1: Right, exactly. And and so I I'm kind of right with you. I think that she was a lot more doctory in this particular episode. There is still those moments where it feels like she's being led instead of leading. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, she doesn't feel like she's the one that's charging ahead. It's almost like she's following along with the group. Like, for example, when they were running through the tunnels, she was the one uh, that was behind locking all the doors. Usually the doctor is the one kind of leading the charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I found that kind of interesting. Um, But other than that, other than those few moments where it almost felt like she was following instead of leading... Uh, I did feel like she was a lot more doctory. What do you think, Rita?
3: No, yeah, I agree. Um, and And some of those parts, though not. Now, running through the tunnels, I didn't get that because, you know, they were being chased by the sniper bots, and she was the only one who had the ability to seal those doors behind sure. everybody else. so she yeah. was protecting them. okay, which is a, a way of her, you know, becoming the leader because right. she's taking responsibility for everybody else in that in that sense. I can see that. Um, but like, for example, in the beginning, you've got the two racers pretty much go charging off and, and she's like, okay, well, I guess we should follow these two. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah.
3: And why, I
2: don't know, but I guess it's because it's, they're going to some form of civilization. Wherever they're going to, there's going to be someone there. Spoilers. So. Well, well,
3: because she knows that at the end of the road, the TARDIS is going to be there. It's supposed to be yeah. there, right? Because
1: yeah, yeah. TARDIS, uh, spoiler alert. Spoilers is the ghost monument so uh, since the tardis is the ghost monument uh she knows that if she follows and works with the racers to get to where they need to to go to win their race she's likely to find her tardis yeah now what did you think of at the end where you know the racers are whisked off the world uh she's uh she's left with the companion the sorry the friends I'm i'm still of the old terminology it was her and her and the friends, and there was no TARDIS, and she seemed to have that moment of doubt. Well, yeah.
3: Well, my thoughts on that is this new doctor has literally just finished regenerating. It's like you mentioned before, she has not had one moment of rest since then. It's been nonstop, you know, first dealing with uh, Tim Shaw, then being transported into space, then being scooped up by a, a, a racing ship, then crash landing, and th- then now being part of a, a, a race to try to find your TARDIS. You get there and there's nothing there, and I'm pretty much thinking that she's just done.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I think what it is, it's a very human response. Because early on, you know, she uh, chastises Graham a little bit for being negative. Right. Because the doctor is usually very positive and can think it through and all that stuff. But, you know, it it was a very trying set of experiences over the last two episodes. And it was a very human response. Like, oh, okay, look, I'm usually the upbeat one. But even now, okay, uncle, (laughs) you know, you know, (laughs) you know,
1: I let you guys down. I'm sorry. In fact, yeah, her doctor seems to apologize a lot. You know, yeah. uh, Capaldi's doctor never really cared about any other's feelings. And, and, I mean, he got to the point where, you know, Clara had to
2: carry around, you know, carrying cards. Carrying cards. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, it happens with the Doctor. If you, yeah. you know, if you think about the Fifth Doctor, uh, Perry said that, you know, uh, in refer- reference to the difference between five and six, you know, was saying, to, she said to Six, you know, I liked your previous incarnation. He was almost young. Uh, and, uh, you know, where the Sixth Doctor looks at that and goes, oh, you know, he was too sweet. Ah, ah I can't stand that. Yeah. You know, so so the Doctor's personality does fluctuate like that. Yeah. And I think it's a big uh, contrast to Capaldi. And, yeah, I, I think that there is that you asked last week, is this the Doctor who stays? I don't think it's the Doctor that stays, but I think it's the Doctor that realizes that there are consequences to actions a little bit more. Right. Um, that's what it feels like anyway. Yeah.
1: And so here's one of the questions that I have. We've seen two episodes of Doctor Who with Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. We've seen, at least in the United States, uh, at least in our particular local area, a massive impact that this particular Doctor has made. For example, Rita actually purchased 13th Doctor outfit from Hot Topic, and she had to purchase it today because basically if she didn't, it was gonna sell out. And in fact, it's selling out like hotcakes.
3: Yeah, if you go to the Hot Topic website, every size in the coat is already sold out except for, I think, a large. Yeah. And the t-shirt is uh, still available online, but it's selling out quick in the stores. And when I talked to the cashier at Hot Topic today, they had gotten only two shipments of the coats and the shirts in, and that's it. They weren't getting any more, and it's not about you know, because they have to wait till they make more. No, they're just not going to get any more. Period.
1: Right. And her debut as uh, for Do- as Doctor Who, uh, she had the highest ratings. Well, Doctor Who as a show had the highest ratings it's had since David Tennant's premiere. And keep in mind, David Tennant's premiere was a Christmas episode, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, for uh, Jody's first go as the doctor and she's had two pretty solid episodes I mean on retrospect the, the first episode was a lot better than we had given it credit for and then this episode was a pretty solid Episode of Doctor Who so Scott what do you think of Jody's impact and you know how she's
2: done so far? I think she's done fantastic so far. Uh, I think impact wise you know th- there's a lot more going on here than just uh, one actor replacing uh, another in a long-standing show they' you know th- they're definitely taking advantage of and highlighting the the the, the impact it's going to be to have a woman playing this part and just like having uh, Uhura being on the bridge or Sulu being on the bridge of the enterprise in in, in their day you know it has those cultural impacts more than anything else right. so that's So, you know, that's big. I think it's great that people turned to see it and hopefully – see, this will be what the big deal is, is that after all the hype goes down, who stays? Right. Right? And, And so if the numbers are consistently high, I mean fabulous. But ultimately that's not really up to her or how she does it. That I mean, that's going to be outside of her control. But I mean, uh, you know, you know, I, at least it seems that people are, are giving her a chance, and the stories are good. And not uh, only giving her yeah. a
0: chance,
1: but also kind of embracing her. I know. Yeah. Uh, the females are are very very excited about having a female doctor, and yeah. seem to really be, you know, all in it. You
3: know.
2: Well, I mean, you know, yeah, Rita gets to cosplay the doctor. You know, and not not be a gender
3: bend, and not be, and not be a
2: gender bend. I mean, that's that's big, you know. And they were, and they were cognizant enough to do kind of a gender neutral, enough to where uh, guys could, uh, you know, borrow elements of it without necessarily doing a gender bend too. You know, I mean, and I I think that that was, I think that that was deliberate. Um, But uh, I I think that that it's uh, a really good sign. For the program and as a whole, I, I I think for me it's all about the writing and the production value and how you support your characters and it definitely is a, a whole world apart from the Capaldi era and I and and I also like to say that it, you know the Planet of Desolation I thought it looked fantastic yes. I mean, it it didn't feel like a gravel pit you well, know uh,
1: apparently it was filmed <laughs> in South Africa so they actually went you know, to like a desert in South Africa and film that
0: thing.
3: Yeah. You know what? There's only one thing I didn't quite understand and maybe they explained it in, in the episode and I just missed it. Uh, remember they kept talking about how the planet had moved. Yes. Yeah. Did they ever explain that anomaly? Because they, they kept no. saying like it was something, uh, out of place, but they never explained why.
1: Which was the reason why uh, they ended up in space in the first place, because uh, the TARDIS even, was supposed to be the where The TARDIS they were. was supposed to be there, and the planet was supposed to be there, but the planet Had shifted. Had yeah. Yeah, they yeah. never really did say that, so maybe no. that's something they're setting up for later. Right, wait, what could be causing that, right? Yeah. So that, that's, that's an interesting point. I don't know if, uh, I don't think it did get explained, so it'll be interesting to see what caused that, if maybe it was the TARDIS phasing in and out, and p- kind of pulled it out of it's,
2: it's I I, I don't know. It's I feel like it's a, it's a bigger bad issue. Yeah,
1: I, I think you're right on that. I I, I have a feeling that the stanza, or, or whatever they're called, is probably going to be the root cause of, of what was going on with
3: that. I just hope we don't see more face teeth people.
1: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I think you're gonna be very disappointed about that because I think they're gonna be the big
2: badger this year. Yeah. Rita, yeah, I think that they spent a lot of money and they're gonna use that prop. Yeah, did
3: anybody else notice that Tim Shaw's teeth in his face weren't all human?
2: Yes, of course, yeah, of course.
1: He's he's hunted on other planets, yeah,
0: yeah. so.
2: Of okay. So, uh, my other note I have here is about what the, uh, I guess the, the rag, in the intelligent rags, mm-hmm. uh, said to the doctor. Hmm? Ah, yes.
0: The timeless
2: child. What did you just say?
0: She doesn't know.
2: What are you talking about?
0: What can you see? We see what's hidden, even from yourself. The outcast, abandoned and unknown. Get out of my head. Now we crush those fears
2: from you. They know something about the doctor that the doctor doesn't even know?
0: Yeah, because
2: the, the, the
1: sheets were talking to each other, and it's like, oh, she doesn't know. How does she not know? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So, so that, was a, that was really interesting, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it recognized that she'd had 12 prior lives, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, which is uh, a, a little odd, shouldn't it be... Uh, more than that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but the 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 reference to uh, something more about the Doctor's past that the Doctor herself doesn't know, I thought that that was kind of cool. You're like, oh, okay, so here's going to be another little thread we're going to follow. But, and but, I, and honestly, I'm a little I, While people have said they burned out on uh, knowing more about the Doctor because the more you know, the less magical it is. I uh-huh. uh, I I have a feeling we're hopefully going to get a better. Uh, story about the Doctor's past in a way that's not something so simple as a childhood uh, monster under the bed. Right. You know, I, that, that whole thing with grabbing the, the legs, you know, in the barn on Gallifrey, that, that, was, it, it. that was a bit of a letdown yeah, for me. So was... I'm hoping that this is, that there's more to it than that, that this kind of goes to the Doctors more than just the Time Lord, kind of more of maybe uh, you know, the, the Seventh Doctor era kind of uh, master plan kind of stuff. And, Maybe.
1: And if you remember, towards the end of that conversation with the sheet things, she basically said, you need to get out of my mind, so it's almost like it clicked as to what they were talking about. Right. You know, so does she really know, or does she not know?
0: hmm
1: Right. That's, that's interesting. So, uh, we've been kind of going around, you know, the the main part of this episode that we know we all want to talk about. And so, I'm gonna give another spoiler warning for anybody that hasn't watched the episode yet. Spoilers. And if you haven't watched the episode yet and you've gotten this far, then basically you've been spoiled anyway, so you might as well just finish it off, right?
3: We finally gonna talk about it?
1: We are finally gonna talk about the return of the TARDIS.
3: Woohoo!
1: Thank you, God.
2: <laughs> 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 well, we or, or, or Chris all, I guess. <laughs> well, yes, Th- thank you, Rasselon. Yes. <laughs> Thank well you. we knew she
3: wasn't gonna have a key on her but she's like oh Toddis I love you and, yes. she, and the car is like okay I'll open the door no no
1: no what I loved was uh, come to Daddy oh wait
3: no come to mommy <laughs> 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 yeah
2: yeah but Ria's right it didn't even want her to, to snap her fingers right uh, it, it, it no, knew so enough to me. let her in
3: I missed you too yeah oh yeah and, uh, and I've made myself up for yes. you. yes.
1: So, so the TARDIS definitely looks a little bit different. Uh, what did you think of the new TARDIS interior?
3: Can I go first? Yes. It's steampunk meets Krypton. That, L- like uh, the, the Superman's- uh, Oh, the Fortress Kry- of Solitude? Yeah, the, it's, it, it's steampunk meets the Fortress of Solitude <laughs> and it's freaking awesome.
1: So uh, I'll just go with, oh, you redecorated. I don't like it.
0: No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding.
1: I actually do kind of dig the whole crystal look to it.
3: Speaking of crystals, did you see the little crystal TARDIS spinning thing on the console? Yeah, yeah
1: the time rotor. There's a... Oh, yeah, the little TARDIS thingy, yes. Yeah! But the time rotor's back, right? And it's yes.
3: a big, giant crystal.
1: And it's a big, giant crystal, but like Rita was mentioning, there was the little miniature TARDIS that was, like, spinning around... You know that that looked kind of cool.
3: I hope they make that a thing. I want. Oh, it's
1: got to be a thing. Oh,
2: no, sure <laughs> it's it's a thing now, yeah. but uh, but sadly, Hot Topic will only get four of them. <laughs>
3: <All> <laughs> yeah, right. you're not kidding.
1: All right, so Scott, what did you think?
2: Oh, okay. First off, uh, I like the fact that the uh, the plaque has gone back to blue. Yeah. Um, which you know, it's been white, it's been blue, it's been white again, and it's back to blue. Uh, I thought that that was cool because that's a very classic uh, Doctor Who era. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the new entrance. Uh, although you see a, there's more of an entry area so you actually that. see the sides more yeah, yeah, it's not just that. it's not just the door so in, in in my only negative about that is that you know anybody who builds a tardis prop could put that their their tardis against a doorway into another room and you would have the exact same effect mm-hmm. so i don't yep, know I'm how do that. <laughs> yeah right so 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 what i don't get is when the humans go through it how could they not figure out, oh, okay, I see the I see the two sidewalls, and now I'm walking further. How do I not realize what has happened? You know, it's not like you walk through the door, and you're immediately in and you don't, and all of a sudden the sidewalls never are, you know, are, are completely in a different universe. This one is you walk through, and you actually go through an antechamber that actually has the two sidewalls mm-hmm. of the TARDIS. It's just the back that's missing now. Yeah. And so that's a little odd, okay? Um, it, almost, that,
1: it, it almost is more like what had Bill had mentioned when she first walked into the TARDIS, and she was like, oh, is this a knockout into the next room? You know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. That's my point, right? So so I think it, it uh, actually detracts from that moment of it's bigger on the inside because the human mind should at least grasp that you're leaving one spot and going to another. Right. But that aside, that aside, I really like the new design. Uh, it reminds me a little bit uh, with, the, with the stanchions that they have that are over and all that sort of thing, if you look at the Eighth Doctor movie TARDIS, um, the, the, um, the, the girders that went around in a circle around the console are roughly in the same shape so it's going back to that a little bit it's also kind of feels a little bit like the ninth doctor with the coral yeah. um yeah. you know a but desktop instead of but, crystal. Crystal. Yeah. but yeah but crystals right. instead of coral yep. <laughs> right and, yeah and you
1: kind of had like the roundels a little bit but they're sure. more like uh gallifreyan roundels i guess you know, yeah so they it, all
2: kind of looked like they had
1: they were like half gallifreyan symbols but more uh but still circular yeah,
2: yeah it's, it was it's really st- cool yeah, it's still circular. It, there's there's still that pattern. Uh, I loved the fact that the the time rotor seemed to be uh, dominant, although we never actually saw it go up or down or sure. pulse. Yeah. I think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna go up and down. I think it's gonna pulse. I think that's what's gonna yeah. happen okay. uh, with the light that's gonna go through it. I did think it was interesting that the crystal was the same color as the Doctor's new uh, sonic screwdriver. Well,
1: that wasn't yeah. that interesting?
2: Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a little convenient.
1: I was kind of, I was kind of thinking. <laughs> in fact, I kind of mentioned that to Rita when we were watching it. Oh, it's her sonic. But then I was thinking to myself, but she built her Sonic. So how would the TARDIS know what
0: (laughs) her Sonic looked like?
2: Well, they're actually still connected, and therefore... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oops! (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I look forward to them actually spending some time uh, in the TARDIS, not just using it as a place to to pop out of. I mean, if they're going to build that beautiful set... Hopefully, we spend some time with it. I, I and, see some of the
0: TARDIS, yes. Yep. Yeah, and
2: there's, there seems to be enough uh, physical controls enough for the Doctor to be doing something when, when she has to, you know, and that whole frantic, i got to save the universe in four seconds yep. thing. Yep.
1: And, and now that it's that the TARDIS is there, now this feels like Doctor Who. Now yep. she is the Doctor, for me. You know, I know for, for a lot of people, it didn't take that, but for me, I needed to see her in the TARDIS you know, uh, messing around with the key, but keys and, uh, you know, buttons and whatnot. And,
3: and it's funny because before it was always the doctor and sexy, yeah. right? Uh, but now it's two girlfriends, yep. right? Because we know the TARDIS is a girl, now the doctor's a girl, and, and now it's like, oh, we're going to go traveling the universe, yay! Yeah. <laughs> I well, guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's still the doctor's wife. I yes. mean,
2: you know, I mean, it yeah. is yeah, the 21st I, I, century. I
3: feel like it's more like it's you know two girl best friends that are just going to be off and having fun well no
1: i mean the doctor did say she loved her so you
3: know i mean
1: i don't know i don't know i'm not going to judge but we all love the tardis but what i'm saying is is that you know uh they have that special relationship and you know really the doctor doctor's wife is the tardis so you know it is the 21st century as scott was saying
2: so (laughs) Yeah, I'm not gonna judge. I, no. uh, you know, yeah. but if it's, it's like, a little it's like Susan th-
1: the horse, don't judge, don't judge his life choices. We don't judge the doctor's life choices.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that the TARDIS is back. That means that, that the stories can be uh, a little bit more than just a chase uh, for the TARDIS, you know. And and yeah, thank God. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to the next one, a historic.
1: Yes, we're going back Rosa to see Parks. Rosa Parks yep so, uh, before we leave this episode uh we have to give it a rating rita i'll let you go first
3: well i think last last episode i gave it what a six or a seven
1: a six yeah
3: well i'm definitely giving it a nine
1: wow nine huh
3: well it, 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 this episode felt so much more like doctor who to me and you know the fact that we did get the tardis at the end oh one thing we forgot to talk about what the opening Oh, the oh credits! God, <laughs> right. The opening credits. Yes. Hello.
1: All right, but yes. Uh, so hold <laughs> your thought on your rating. <laughs> we know you're you're nine. So Scott, hold the thought on on your rating. The opening credits.
3: Oh my Woo-hoo! god! <laughs> Woo! It was awesome and it was amazing.
1: What I loved about the new theme is it's very very retro. It's it. Uh, yes. it's almost like classic Doctor Who, and even even the whole the visuals. Uh, The visuals was
2: very classic Doctor Who. Yes, and, and including the sting and the whole bit. Yeah. It reminds me so much of the nineteen eighties uh, theme, you know, from the, the end of the fourth doctor all the way to the second season of the second of oh, the sixth, sorry. Exactly. Yep. And Absolutely. What did you
3: think, Ray? Oh man, I thought the intro was amazing. Like you know, you know, when we saw Capaldi's intro, we're like, oh, that's what they came up for him? I'm like, that's kind of well, disappointing. No, no,
1: I mean, I liked Capaldi's intro. I just hated the music. I Well, thought, the music was yeah, more. I thought Marie Goldberg yeah. but really... But the
3: visuals yeah. and the music for uh, Jodie's uh, intro is amazing. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely loved it. I love that they didn't have the TARDIS flying through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have popped her eyes in there somewhere. Yeah, no, uh, I was I was thinking the same thing. They finally reestablished that, right? right. And, then they, and then they take oh. it away. Yeah,
2: yeah I know. <laughs> but e- well.
3: e- either way, though, uh, the intro was really good, and I loved it.
1: Yep. All right, so let's get back to ratings, uh, Scott.
2: Uh, what what did you rate this episode? Oh, I'll give it an eight. Uh, because of the uh, if having all the pieces back together, mm-hmm. uh, the opening and closing theme, the the cool title sequences, the TARDIS, uh, all that. Uh, I and I liked uh, how that you know the production quality was consistent and the writing was relatively good. Even if there are some continuity goofs, uh, I would rather have a dozen continuity goofs than some of the things that were going on with the stories in the last few seasons of the Moffat era. So this is a good sign. I'm happy.
1: Yeah. um, And I'm going to also give it an eight uh, for all the same reasons that you just stated. Uh, Basically, it had all the elements of Doctor Who. It was Doctor Who. But what I really liked about it is I think Chibnall's writing is very, very strong. You know, that was one of the things that really let Peter Capaldi down in his introduction as the Doctor, is that first season, Series 8, was probably one of the worst written seasons of doctor who that you could possibly have (laughs) which not not challenge that (laughs) and and that that really hurt him um yeah i thought peter was a fabulous doctor but uh, that season really did him a disservice but so far at least through the first two episodes that chris has written uh both were very uh, entertaining episodes. I also really like the way that they're filming these episodes. Yes, it, it is very you know cinematic. Yeah, it, the, as
2: filmmakers, you guys have got to really appreciate that. Yeah, I think absolutely. It it
1: looks great. Uh, the special effects are very strong, and overall, I, I uh, the stories have been very very well written. They're well thought out. It's it's been. An impressive, impressive run, I think, uh, for these t- two particular episodes.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what any of the other new writers are going to be coming mm-hmm. up with for, for these episodes. And I, I don't know why, but I'm really excited more for the historical episodes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it could be cool. I mean, uh, you know, Rosa Parks, what's nice about that is we all know basically what is the defining moment of her story, but... Uh, they're going to be able to do stuff in and around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's—I I don't know. I think it's—it's it's cool. Every time Doctor Who does something quasi-historical, um, it's always cool. And I, you know, obviously we've already seen that there's going to be explosions and what looks like alien influence. So it's not going—it's—it's it's not going to be a true historical. But I think. I think that eventually the show will eventually do that at some point.
3: It's funny because I don't recall ever seeing an episode of Doctor Who where they've covered uh, the civil rights movement. No, uh, no.
2: And I think maybe uh, this is just a guess. But with uh, Jodi now as the doctor, you know, I think that they're going to tackle some more topics like that, maybe. I, you know, I, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that, that, that uh, you know, they probably made a list and said, what could we do that would be cool with Jodie? Uh, and I, and so why not? Let them do it. Sure. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's it's cool. I, I think that also, uh, very briefly in comparison to, you mentioned uh, Capaldi's opening title sequence and everything. I'll, I'll go on record. I I think that, it to quote the Doctor, didn't Moffat look tired. I think the entire yeah. production team, I, honestly, I think the whole production team was worn out. You get, uh, you, you know, you do yet another title sequence, and they're like, you know what? I saw a really cool one on on the on the web. Let's see if we get that guy to give us permission yeah. to use his. Okay, that looks and the and the graphic quality of that title. Yeah. Se- yeah. That, the well, the graphic, it was the, the graphics were great. Let it down. But Murray Gold couldn't go back to the well. I mean, you know, it was it, it was and, and like I say, while I like the imagery of the uh, of Capaldi's. Uh, Thing It looked like a a web video, uh, which doesn't, you know, bode well. But then again, the Seventh Doctor's opening sequence looked like a, you know, an Atari, you know.
1: All right. So before we go, I just want to mention that Transmissions from Gallifrey is part of the Transmissions from Atlantis Network. And we have a lot of great shows that are going to be coming very soon to Transmissions from Atlantis Network, including Continuum Force, which is kind of like a Stargate meets Doctor Who kind of show. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun, and in addition to that, we're also going to be doing a vampire series called The Vampires of Whitechapel. So, uh, Jack the Ripper is actually a vampire. Mmm, how about that? So, these two shows are uh, currently in pre-production, and we hope to be giving you a little bit more information on when they will launch. uh, Hopefully before the end of the year, but definitely by next year. And in addition to that, we do have a Patreon site where you can help support these shows as well as this show. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash TFA entertainment. So definitely help us out, help us keep the show's running, and as well as supporting the crazy things that we're up to, because uh, <laughs> we're gonna be uh, reimagining Dr. Geek, we're going to have a new Star Mage series, a whole bunch of crazy stuff that we're gonna be getting ourselves into, and it's gonna be a lot of fun, and it's gonna be very entertaining for you guys. You get special perks by joining our Patreon, by getting exclusive episodes, behind the scenes stuff, exclusive interviews, stuff that you can't get anywhere else. So. Definitely check out our Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash TFA Entertainment. And as you know, each week that BBC airs Doctor Who, we will be on the air right after it airs on BBC America.
3: Giving you our initial raw impression of what we thought of the episode.
1: Yep. As we go on through the week, we'll probably watch it, like, two or three more times, because that's the kind of Doctor Who fans that we are. (laughs) And, you know, next week we'll probably have a new take on this particular episode, as well as a review of the next episode, which is going to be Rosa. So, it's going to be interesting to see where they take Doctor Who from here. But, until then, I guess we should go ahead and wrap it up. Scott, you want to say anything to anybody?
2: Well, uh, thank you for listening. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening, as always. And uh, Reed and I, we always like to end our transmission from Atl- Atlanta show with the tenth doctor saying of Z, So let's go get out of here. Uh, so let's do it. Alonzo. Z. Alon-Z. Goodbye, everybody. Like
3: Alonzo. Should say Alonzo or Alonzo? Look sharp, Rose Tyler. Alonzo. And then it'd
0: be really brilliant if I met someone called Alonzo, because then I could say Z, Alon-Z, Alonzo, every time.
1: This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment
0: Network. Expand your wonder.